You're listening to the More of What Matters podcast, honest conversations for daring women. Hi, you're listening to the More of What Matters podcast. My name is Andrea Olson, and today's episode is such a fun conversation. I sit down with my good friend, Marissa Birdie. She is a Dallas-based personal stylist and the principal stylist and founder of her very own company, Marissa Birdie Styling Group, and they offer a premier high-touch personalized experience in styling with an emphasis on contemporary and designer brands. This conversation is so much more than just what she does for a living. We talk more about the thought process leading her from a more traditional career path into what she does today. We get really honest about some of the details of entrepreneurship that are sometimes left out in the conversation and not with the two of us. We are very open with one another and We'll give you a peek into that in our conversation. It's just a breath of fresh air to talk to a good friend who's excelling and learning and growing, and I'm excited to bring you along for the journey. So without further ado, my conversation with Marissa Birdie. Marissa Birdie, I am so excited to have you on the More of What Matters podcast. Hi, Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. So our paths crossed over how many years ago? Like seven? I think it was about that. It was about eight because it was right when I moved to Dallas. Oh, wow. Okay. So eight, eight years ago, working in corporate HR for a fashion retail company. And we met immediately, clicked, but then had no idea our paths would take such interestingly different directions than corporate HR. So here we are all these years later. And having this conversation. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, I think both of us in our new kind of roles in our new worlds, we did not really have a linear career path to get here. Um, but I think it, 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 it all kind of comes full circle and it all really brings us back to what we're trying to do. Yes. So season two for this uh, podcast is all about connecting with daring women and those who are listening are also daring women themselves. And so I'm so excited to kick this off with you because you are always someone that I've admired, you know, side side by side. We've been able to do our things and cheer for one another and encourage and also walk in this kind of this self-employment journey that I think a lot of times can feel lonely if you don't have other people doing it with you. And I just would love to give you a chance to share more of your business story. Like how did you get into the work that you do now? Because it's definitely not been linear and some might say it was out of left field coming out of HR. (laughs) So give us some of the backstory as to how you pursued this. Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, I, like I said, I did not have a linear career path to, um, starting a styling business, but prior to working with you, I had worked in the fashion industry for close to a decade, and my career path really was I, I first originally started in trend forecasting and concept design, so I worked very closely to product and um, apparel designers. I also had some experience working in merchandising, I worked in retail, and then eventually, yes, I found myself in HR and recruitment for um, fashion and design brands. So I think, I think for me in, in the early part of my career, it was really important 
to accept jobs based on brand relevance and the people and culture of a brand or a company. And I always kind of knew that that experience, I was going to have a use for that experience eventually. It could be, you know, they could really be pretty separate like HR and trend forecasting. But I really always felt confident that there was going to be a place for all of this just experience and knowledge. Um, but I think, and you probably agree with this too, or this, this is probably similar to your experience. A lot of the learning on the job for me was learning how to visualize, learning how to present ideas, learning how to work with people. I think all of the technical stuff you can learn very easily, right? Um, but it's really about the soft skills and learning how to see things and how to present that. Um, that, that was really the biggest takeaway of all of my work experience in, in the industry. That's so good because you're right. Like, I think a lot of times people will look at what you do today and be like, was the other stuff a waste? Was it a waste to have spent all those years doing, you know, X, Y, and Z? And I get that question quite a bit because of the type of work that I do. And it's like, no, are you kidding me? That prepared me. That made me more capable in what I do today. You bring all of it with you. Yes. And I think like you you get to carry it. It's totally true. And especially in our world in HR and with recruitment was, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that I learned how to work with executives. We were in, I mean, we were very early in our careers. We were in meetings with executives at my, at one of my other jobs, I sat two offices down from the CEO and I had a lot of just kind of like small FaceTime moments with him that really helped me kind of like understand the importance of dress in a creative office. And really, you know, I think it's, it's these little things that at the time I didn't realize that they were forming my ideas for this future business, but it's all things that I've taken with me. You're totally right. That's so good. Okay. So what, I mean, you're passionate about a lot of things (laughs) and I know, I know you're passionate about the work you do now, but Tell me, like, what drives your passion? Like, what is it that you're most passionate about? And then what drives you towards that? And why do you have to do this? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I I think that's a, I love that question because yes, I think you can only do this work if you have a lot of passion for it. Um, So I think, I, I think, it's always been a passion of mine, the self, the, the, the creative outlet, the self-expression. So more of the design and the artistic side of what I do. Um, but I think the, the important thing for me to figure out was that I also have this love and fascination with personal development as well. I mean, we go through these crazy arcs of personal development, highs and lows, and really trying to figure out how to ride those arcs and and still maintain your expression and learn when it is important to make changes to your your self-expression and the way that you dress. So, well, and I, I don't think if you didn't have this love for personal development, you probably wouldn't have been as successful as you have been in self-employment and entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> let's be real. I think it's hugely important and like I think one of the other things that's important for my clients to know is that I'm going through this with my clients. So it's not like I come in and I say, you know, these are the four things that you need and this is this and this. I have to figure out who this client is and where they kind of are on their, you know, I call these arcs, but like, where are they on their arc of personal development and what's really, what are they really trying to express? And I felt like I had a very personal experience with this just because when I left the corporate world, I, I, stayed at home with my kids when they were first born, when they were really little. 
And I was so high on this arc of new motherhood, right? Like trying to figure things out. Your entire identity is really like shaken at that time. So I was so high on that arc of personal development and not necessarily like, not necessarily in an enlightened way, but really I just felt like you are learn relearning everything that you thought you knew, right? So I was there, but I really felt like the fashion or the expression side was pretty dormant or it, it really felt suppressed, to be honest. Um, and that's when I really kind of realized, no, these things go hand in for me. They go hand in hand and they really need to work together for me to feel good. Um, so anyway, so yes, I think the passion really is both sides. And to your point, and part of how part of the reason that we get along so well and that we have such great conversation is because we both are really fascinated by that personal development um, side of things. For sure. Well, it's so interesting because I, I knew you as a new mom. Like that's, I remember visits with you as a new mom and to see how, how far you've taken that and used that to propel you has been very inspiring because it would have been very easy to just assume a new identity, maybe not easy on the inside, but it would have been easy to go along with that yes. path and allow it. And continue to suppress that nudge to pursue. And it's bold to pursue a business and to put yourself out there in this way. And I remember some of those conversations too, where you were starting to consider that. And and then the idea was, okay, I've just got to do it. So tell us about that decision to just do it. Like what propelled you to make this an actual business? You know, I, I love that because I think you you are so right. Like there's there's one way to just kind of keep it personal and say, okay, this is something that I do for myself. I think, you know, I have a very, I will say I have a very supportive husband and I think I was at the lowest of my low where I was just, and like this kind of goes into some other things, but I was like, I was basically doing what I do for a job for myself, right? So I was pulling these assortments. I was basically kind of making these like, fantasy assortments and fantasy styling like scenarios but like the the life that I was living at that time I was home all the time I didn't really have like a fashion audience so to speak and what I did not want to do or what I did not see myself doing was like going down like the influencer path so I really wanted to say you know the the it's really important for me to work with people and I think there's the this is kind of really formed by business as well is that it is so hands-on it's high touch because I think that's 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 the missing part right now and a lot of the fashion conversations you really do need kind of a trusted voice and somebody there physically with you to move the sleeves up to tuck the shirt to kind of show you in this scenario you would wear a belt you wouldn't wear a belt um so anyway that kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent but part of the reason that I felt so driven to do this was because I felt like I understood the concept and I didn't have a place for it. So I really wanted to find the people that are really struggling with style and really have that same love of fashion, but struggle with it. And they also have the same love for personal development. They are ambitious. They are driven. They are intuitive people. But, you know, maybe they don't have the time or the knowledge to put the fashion to fashion piece with it. Um, so I was in a very lucky position that I could say, you know what, I'm going to throw myself out there. I'm going to throw my name out there. And if somebody picks it up, great. 
Um, and I, I really felt like this was a, this was a great way for me to just kind of get back to myself and find my community. That's so good. One of the things that you said that was so interesting is knowing what you didn't want just as much as what you did. Yes. When you said, I knew I didn't want to be an influencer. That is so key. I think a lot of times we ignore the things that we don't want, but they're just as big of clues as to what we should be doing because it's a path forward. It identifies, you know, it's like a boundary over it. So, and actually, you know, the influencer path at the time was the more prominent one. So it was probably less popular to go the route you were going. (laughs) And I mean, I think there's definitely Uh, some hand in hand in it. And there's definitely times that I, I kind of slip into, you know, some influencer routes. Um, but I think the the important thing for me is really that in-person connection. And it's, you know, I, I, I really want to be a trusted advisor, somebody that I can go into somebody's home. Like I am actually in people's homes, people undress in front of me. I mean, it's a very like, you know, you have to be very comfortable in this scenario. Um, I mean, that's obviously not what I wasn't like. I'm going to go into people's homes, yeah. but that's the point is that I really wanted this yeah. to be a very close relationship. Um and it really was about who are the people out there that that need this, who who really have this very real and very um, understandable like issue or problem to solve. Yeah, it is so clear. You have to know the problem. You have to know what you're solving for. Yeah. So what is and not that this is actually the most important, because after working with you now, I, I understand that it is not the most important to know your style philosophy because you're more curious about the person that you're styling and working with them on theirs. Yeah. But I'm curious, what is your style philosophy? Well, my style philosophy, I think this is this kind of goes back to the approach because you're right. It's hard for me to, to say this is the overarching process, but I think what's really important for me in delivering this to clients is that styling is not a rule book. It's not, this is in, this is out. This is okay. This is not okay. You know, you have this shape body. You can only wear this shape clothes. I look at styling as a decision-making process. I think that's really where the confidence comes from in my clients. And I really try to teach this as a natural thought process because the reality is I can be there with, you know, we can do these fabulous styling sessions with all these really great pieces, but I'm not going to be there when my client is getting dressed in the morning. And there are certainly scenarios where we really have to map out certain looks for certain things. But when it comes to the day-to-day, I really want my client to feel empowered with the decision-making. It's not about I look the best or I am the coolest or this or that. It's I made these choices. I put these things together and I feel good about that. Um, so that's really, I mean, I have really strong core values when it comes to styling. It's re- and, and they really are much more philosophical versus the, the, you know, pink with orange or this season is, this is the new color. Like that's fabulous. And I absolutely follow that information because that is going to drive some of our decisions as well. But I think the important thing is really driving this home to my clients that it's, it is a decision-making process. It's up to you and you your style answers to you. So yeah, good. I, I felt that way when we worked together on that trip that I was going on and I, I had just had grace. So I was in a, a new body. Yeah. I felt very vulnerable. Yes. 
And I remember telling you, I feel more fabulous than I've felt in a long time. I can't even remember the last time I felt this way. And it it wasn't the dresses that I was in. I mean, it was in the sense right. that I didn't normally get to wear those things, but it it wasn't in the sense that it had much more to do with the confidence that came with it. So that's where I really learned that what you were doing was much more about the experience yeah. than it was anything that's a transaction. I mean, I knew that, but then getting to experience it myself, that was a really powerful. Yeah. I'm really glad we did that. Cause that was, that was such a fun, like that was such a, like once in a lifetime experience. Although now for you, it has not been once in a lifetime, but it really, well, but I've gotten, I've learned a few things too, of like wh- what's more important to me and where do I yes. want to, you know, go a little bit more extreme and where do I want to pull back? And so we can talk about your tips sure. on that too, because your tips help, but okay. For those listening, who are your ideal clients, meaning like who typically comes to you for help? Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of talked about this earlier. It really, I evaluate my clients or potential clients more based on their personality, personality traits than like their job titles or their industries. I think sometimes they kind of reflect each other, but I mean, so I've started, I started this business about four years ago and I still use this model to kind of describe my client. I think she is ambitious she is thoughtful, she is intuitive, and she is dynamic. So she's always, she's always going through change. Like there's, there's, you know, there are certain things that we have to answer for in her wardrobe. Um, And I think she's absolutely somebody that's out there. You know, I I think she's got to, she's got to come with some level of confidence, like, and we build on that. So, um, you know, I, I personally have a love for creative environments or like client facing kind of businesses where you really do have some space to play with the personal piece where it might be like an unexpected color or it might be a little unexpected hardware detail or just like the way that you might roll your cuff. I know there are some really conservative environments where that just doesn't land. But I also find that those people that sit in conservative work environments, they may have like this whole outside world of like, oh, I'm actually really into like, performance or I'm really into stand-up comedy or some, you know, some little personality point where to your point, you're going to learn, okay, your work might be a little bit more of a uniform, but your personality, you can really lean into it on those, you know, in those little outside worlds. Um, so I think, you know, I, I personally love the, the creative environment. If it's not your day to day, then we're going to find it. We're going to find the place where, you know, fashion can really exist. Yeah, I love that. That's so true because for most most women, either if it's not dictated by their job, mm-hmm. it may be dictated on like their social yes. calendar or their travel or their aspirations for that. You know, it might just be a couple of things, you know, throughout the year, but they really look forward to them. And so they're gonna put a lot more emphasis on packing for that yes. staycation with their husband or packing on that girl's getaway yeah. or whatever that, that looks like. And I like. think that's a big mental shift for a lot of people, people right now, because I think maybe it was our generation or I don't know, but there was some, I feel like there is some belief in a majority of, majority of us that you need to invest in the pieces that you wear all the time. And there is absolutely some validity in that story if that's your lifestyle But I love what you're saying about like, if it's a trip with your, you know, your husband or your family or this or that, like find those special moments and really just dial those up and be in it. So 
Feel like a million bucks. Feel like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I've I've worn some of those dresses uh, multiple times. I love that. As you've maybe seen, and I th- see nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I have no pause over doing it. I, I was able to get one refit that was you know av- after. Uh, my body changes right. again, you know, years after having Grace. And, and it was actually a really celebratory, like, I feel even better in this yes. now. It just fits in a different way. And yet the colors were still spot on. And so I just wanted to wear it Good again. For you. And I, I think that's great. Good for I you. I love that. Yeah, thanks. Well, your your talents kind of continued to live <laughs> well, on. Very, so I appreciate I'm very that. glad that I that I'm a rem- reminder in your wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in my yeah. closet. Yeah. Yes. Um okay, so I want to hear some suggestions you have for simple swaps or edits and and maybe let's talk to the woman who is venturing back into the office environment and hasn't been for sure. a while. Do you have any suggestions for her? Sure. Well, I think I mean office office dressing is just like everything in 2023. There's it's it's all changing. It's all kind of new ground, new landscaping. So it really is figuring out kind of where where are the um, where are the boundaries in in the office environment. I think one of just a very classic way to go is a blazer and jean, but the jean is really important. It's got to be clean. You're probably not going you know you know until you really learn your um, parameters, you're probably not going to go in there with something super expressive. But I think there is like one of the one of the things that I always suggest to people when they're kind of figuring out what the tone is as far as fashion, put infuse fashion in a piece that can be removed from the total look. And by what I mean by that is it's in your bag. So, you know, once you pop on the, once you pop on the bag, then you've got kind of a fashion story, but your outfit can kind of exist without that. If that it's a little bit abstract, but something that you can remove from the look, it might be like, adding a scarf, some kind of, you know, color or print, same thing. You can remove it when you're in the office or when you are feeling maybe like if you're feeling like, oh, this isn't really the right place to infuse this much color pattern, whatever it is, then you can remove it and kind of save it for what I would consider like a, like a safe or fun place to, to wear that. Um, I think one of the other things that I've kind of mentioned earlier is that, you know, for some of us that may like you and I have these kind of work life where there's a lot of time that you are alone. There's a lot of times that I'm at home and I'm working by myself and I'm wearing like, you know, I'm not as a stylist. It's not like I'm dressing up fully every day. Um, there are a lot of times that I'm really dressing more for comfort or like I need to go do carpool pickup or whatever it is. You can look for opportunities in fashion in your everyday dress. So even in, you can dress up leggings, like you can put a little fashion to it with a different topper, like a jacket or a coat. Um, or like right now, like the sock and shoe combination is a really big kind of like dialing in point for style. So I think that's probably one of the other big takeaways for, you know, your listeners is um, just look for those opportunities for fashion. It doesn't have to be like an award winning moment, but it just has to be like a little bit kind of fun. Okay. Like I'm going to try a tall sock today and kind of scrunch it down or like, you know, just, just playing around with different things. Do you feel like most people are too concerned that they're going to break a fashion rule to try that stuff? Because I do think there's probably a combo. They, they don't know if it looks good on them. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And number two, they don't, they don't know if that breaks a rule or what's your thoughts on yeah. that? Because I think that keeps a lot of people from trying what you just described. No, you are, you are completely dead on is like that, that whole, 
um, idea of the rules, right? Like, oh, is this right? Or like, you know, oh, it looked good on her, but it's not going to look good on me. That kind of that that kind of thinking, and that's really where I kind of come back to working with a stylist, or at least in in my practice, I'm I am the person that's going to tell you, you know, yes, you can do this if you want to do this. Here's how you would probably do it. So if you need adjustments in fit or this or that, um, giving kind of specific pointers. But I think there's a lot of, um, you know, there's there's definitely times that people are fearful of of exploring trends or like putting in fashion because it does take, you know, it takes care. And it, if, if you put yourself out there and you get some comment, some looks, you are going to put that away and you'll never wear it again. Right. Like that is, there, there is fear of embarrassment, but I think this kind of comes back to the entire experience of styling, which is it, you know, it's, it's for you. It's about you. I feel like, you know, you can, once, once you accept that you are dressing for yourself, the looks, the comments, the whatever, it really kind of rolls off your shoulder a lot easier. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I think that that building styling confidence takes time. And um, if it's not, you know, if it's not an immediate, just I'm going to go for the, the neons or the bright or the bold, you have to figure out what your safe space is to play in. Like, where is the safe space and trends? And kind of start infusing that and then build on top of that every, you know, couple of couple of trend cycles or seasons. And once you start kind of getting comfortable with that, you know, it's it, it becomes a lot easier to take bigger risks. But you're right. There's absolutely that hesitation because of, I mean, essentially fear. Yeah. Well, and I think like jeans as a whole mm-hmm. category just intimidate people so much because they see they see a different style of jean come out and they're like, oh my gosh, I just got used to this other yeah. style of jean. And it also may not work on everybody's yeah. body. And that's the piece to it. So at least from what I've adopted, I've kind of adopted, I'll try it. If I like it, if I like the look of it, I'll try it, see how I feel mm-hmm. in it. And if it's not my favorite, I totally give perm- permission to myself to not force Love it that. because it's, it's not, that's not the most important thing yes. to me. And so I do think you have to figure out what you value most, yeah. right? Like, and maybe some of your lifestyle and your work environment, all that dictated sure. a little too, but no, I think I think jeans least. is probably one of the best examples of like kind of hesitation. And I will say because, you know, I spent a lot of years working in trend forecasting. When skinny jeans first came out, it was like, you know, oh, like everyone like made fun of the hipsters in the skinny jeans, right? And now yeah. it's like, oh, the straight leg jean is or like the wide leg is so, you know, everyone is like, "Oh, wait, skinny jeans are out." Listen, I I am there with you. Wear what works for you. And if you're not, if you're not ready to make that change yet, like you don't have, number one, you're right. You don't have to make that change if you don't want to. Number two, generally I find that when trends come around for proportions, so sizes and widths, that takes a lot longer and it stays around a lot longer. So it's a longer life cycle. Um, so, I mean, we, I feel like we were wearing and talking about skinny jeans. That was probably one of the first like trend reports that I wrote. Um, and that was, that was back in like 2004 or something. So they had a long life. Yeah. Most of our early adulthood yeah, exactly. was spent in skinny exactly. jeans. So exactly. maybe that's why we have such an attachment to it. It's like, oh, don't take it. Um, okay. So I want to ask you 
a few questions I didn't oh, give you. Oh, okay, time. okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, honestly, this is kind of the the theme of the the season. So, really, for the listener who is kind of seen herself through some of the things you've shared, mm-hmm. or has just had something daring on their heart that they want to pursue, or they're just inspired by things you shared. So, I want to ask, what inspires you? Like to show up and do the work that you do, what inspires you the most? Gosh. Um, well, number one, I love my industry. I love my industry a lot. Um, I think I, I am the type of person that I, I love newness. I love trend. I love editorial. I love to just see what's going on out there. So, um, so, so that's probably number one. I'm hugely inspired by my industry. There's a lot of great thinkers. Um, and it, it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, I feel like I belong in that industry. So I think that's a big inspiration for me. Um, I think number two, and this is, this is hugely personal, but you know, for me, I think because we talked about this, like, you know, nonlinear career path that I had, I've experienced work in so many different areas of the industry. And now I have really brought all of that experience together to say, this is what I would like to in my, you know, in this, this phase of life, this is what I want to focus on. And I have something to say about this. So that inspiration of kind of just knowing it's, it's really a sense of purpose for me. Um, and I think that I don't think I would have gotten there if I had just stayed in, you know, one silo of the industry. I needed all of the experience to really say, okay, there are people out there doing this for a living and changing lives. So I I really feel a sense of purpose in this. Yeah. Well, you've identified what your contribution is. I hope so. In in doing this (laughs) work. And so by identifying it, you now get to go do it. Like you've just given yourself permission now to go do it, which is so cool. Okay. So just, it doesn't have to be the best advice you've ever gotten or anything like that, but can you think of any advice that you received that really influenced you in a positive way? Like just something someone shared or said or that really influenced you in a positive Gosh, way? Gosh, Andrea, it's probably got to be something that you said in passing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, but what? I really, honestly, I, I listen to what you have to say. And even though our worlds and our industries are so, they're, they're pretty different. I find that a lot of what you say is really like powerful and meaningful to be like, you know what? Yes, it, it really can be, it, it can be that simple, but you have to be dedicated and finding that dedication. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure your, your listeners are feeling very similarly about what you have said, and I don't have one specific um, piece of advice, but I would say, you know, he, you you really have to dedicate yourself to 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 your cause and this is the kind of we are living in the kind of world where you pretty much own your success now you can really make you you can make a story for yourself and as long as you are dedicated and clear and centered then that is going to attract the people that you want to be with and the people that you want to work with um yeah so well, you don't need to attract everyone. You don't either. need to attract everyone. It's so freeing. Yes, yes, right? exactly. And I think that's 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 totally okay. And that was something that I I really did look at when I first started this business. Was okay. Who do I? Who who is it that I want to work with? And I I think it took a, a couple of experiences for me to kind of 
narrowed down. And then, you know, like I said earlier, with this like creative environment that I'm really responding to, at first that felt very narrow and that felt very niche to me. But now I am really realizing that that like, I kind of also call it the fashion adjacent business where it's, it really is, you, you might be interfacing with kind of the fashion industry or, you know, something similar where you do need to have that expression. Um, that's really where I was like, okay, this, I, I know how to do this day-to-day expressive look. So I love yeah. that. Okay. So every lesson teaches us something, right? This is my last okay. one. And it all has benefits, yes. right? Everything that we go through has a benefit, even the hard stuff. What's something that you would not do again? Oh my God. Like something you would, if you could choose to not repeat that or wish you could have avoided it, although it probably taught you something, what's, what's something you wouldn't do again? Well, I had a bad hire earlier this year, like a, a, a oh, yes, really? which is so funny from an HR, like a group of HR, That's right? so funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, I, I had a, a less than less, um, less than impressive experience. Luckily, this was you know on a on a consulting kind of gig. So, I, I felt like I did not do enough research on what I was buying into, and it, mm-hmm. it, it honestly, I mean, when you are a, are self employed and you are essentially you know self funded, these the, these big you know these hires or these uh, consultants, it can be that can, that itself can be a lesson. So I think I just was kind of, I was moving too fast and somebody had suggested something to this program to me. I found somebody, I bought it. And then it just never really, it, I, I don't know. It just never really came to fruition and I kind of lost track of it and now it's too late. So that would probably yeah. be, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity as a self-employed person, especially coming from corporate, because you and I are so used to all these resources from a corporate point of view, yeah. where it's like, oh, you know, earlier when we were having issues with the, the headphones, it's like, call IT. Mm-hmm. There is no IT. Yeah. Like, it's you and I. <laughs> we got to figure it out. So I, I'm like, I'm the world's worst IT oh department. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. You just, you, you get to this point where it's like, like, I, I think I was moving too quickly. I kind of took I didn't really do enough research into the buy and it just, yeah. it was disappointing, but you know, I'm now I'm, I'm, I can fix it. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and being self-employed really quickly teaches you to laugh at things that, you know, went wrong and move on really yeah. quickly. Like you have to kind of get it together and pick yourself yeah. up and start moving again. Otherwise you can get so derailed by something that really shouldn't derail yes. you. And that's not speaking to your experience necessarily, but I I certainly can say that in my own experience. Things that have bothered me before have eaten up way too much time, even if it's just been in my headspace, yes. you know? And then I learned, I'm like, that was only detrimental to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Like, that only lost time for me. Yeah. That's so silly. Yeah. But I think you have to be really, like, to that point about – yourself, you have to be really like, so you really have to own every minute of your day. And I think that's something that I've probably learned or picked up from you where it's like, how much, how impactful is this? Okay, move on or stay there. So yeah, you have a choice. Love it. Well, I have loved our conversation. I always learn new things about the industry from you. I, I feel like I get 
kind of a backdoor view at it. <laughs> and I love that because that's probably the extent that I, you know, would dabble in it, but it's so fun for me. And I think it'll be fun for those who listen to this. Good. Too, so. I'm glad. Thank you. Friend. Thank you so much for having me and keep up your good work. Like I said, I mean, it's, I hear everything that you say and I, I store it away, you know, it's that oh, we, we need, we, we need a lot more of that. More of what matters, right? Thank you again. (laughs) Yeah, more of what matters. I love it. One of the things that make this conversation so fun for me is that Marissa is in an entirely different industry. She's so creative. She looks at the world through a different lens. And I actually really appreciate that in our friendship, not only as friends, but as entrepreneurs, because I know I can bounce ideas off of her and she's going to have a whole different view. I hope you surround yourself with people like that. I hope you surround yourself with people that are going to challenge you to think a different way, are going to look at the work from a different vantage point. And maybe if it's not in your work, but it's just in your life, that can be as impactful. And I I know that a lot of times we kind of run from that or we purposely choose to stay planted with people who look like us, act like us, do all the same work and things. And that's not where growth occurs. So passing on some wisdom friend to friend, I hope you hear that. And also you got to experience some of that today in my conversation. Please pass this along. That is how we grow. That is how we build this community of listeners. I appreciate it. Please rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast with friends, tag me on stories. I'm always A on Instagram. Have a fabulous week. 